Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for this wonderful time we have together. Of course, we're gathering around you. And we thank you, Father, for opening the eyes of our understanding and depositing something to us that we will be able to run our race even more uh, fervently and more confidently in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody said amen. amen. So we live in an e-world. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't consider myself at the cutting edge of technology, but I'm not in the back. At least I have email, and I've done e-banking, and you know, when I've done certain uh, transactions, there's e-signing, and then there's e-commerce and e-trade. Of course, you all know that I do eBay. So there's a lot of e going on. But tonight, I'm going to talk about a different kind of e. It's called e-fod. Ephod, how many know what an ephod is? An ephod was a priestly garment used originally by the high priests, but later on you'll see uh, in in church history, or I shouldn't say church history, in Jewish history rather, uh, different different ones used the ephod. And of course, we're going to take an example from David when he called for the ephod. But tonight's title, are you ready for this? Yeah. The title for tonight's message is, Find Your Ephod and Suit Up. <laughs> you know, the jersey thing on Sunday and all that. But you know what? It's, it's amazing to me that, uh, that the themes in Scripture never get old. They never get old. The whole thought of redemption. But the, the, the thought tonight that I'm going to pick up where Pastor Brenda left off was things about ministering to the Lord in the Spirit. Wasn't that a wonderful time last week where we uh, got in the Holy Ghost and were able to sing unto the Lord? And that's just part of it. Paul said, I, what is it? I will, I will pray with the, uh, the Spirit and I will pray with understanding. I will sing with the, the Spirit and I will sing with understanding. We had a great time inviting the presence of God. And I might just say to you, Christian, uh, singing in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, is do I have to do that to get to heaven? No, you don't have to. But it's a really good idea because in case you didn't notice, these are really stressful times. And you need all the support and the power tools that you need to make it through this season of time. He would not have said, wait until the promise of the Holy Spirit unless it was important and it was so important. Amen. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. We'll start there. Ephesians 5 verse 18 through 20. Uh, through 20. This is sort of where Pastor Brenda left off and then she turned it over to me and then I, uh, electronic you understand. And then uh, we kind of sang in the Spirit. So it was really, really precious. But look what it says. And do not get drunk with wine. For that is debauchery, but ever be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Speak out to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your heart to the Lord at all times and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Uh, in case you couldn't see that because you're listening, th that was the amplified version. If you're listening through to audio, the amplified version. And of course, it's a real good idea to understand that you don't just get filled with the Holy Spirit to be filled once. You need constant infillings of the Holy Spirit. Amen? How do you do that? Well, you sing to yourself in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and you offer praise 
Amen, unto the Lord. Let's go to Hebrews 13, 15, as we're laying a foundation for tonight. Again, in the Amplified Classic Edition. Through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times... I mean, you're going to see a theme here. There's something about continually and at all times. Offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess... And glorify his name. Now we're going to talk about the ephod in a bit. But priests. Part of what priests do. Is they go before the altar. And they present a sacrifice. That's part of your priestly duty. It's part of the handbook if you will. And so part of what we do. Back in the Old Testament. They would of course have different types of offerings. Of course there were burnt offerings. And there were animal sacrifices. These are, I'm just saying thank God. We don't have to do it today. Because if I had to do it today. I might pass out. You know how strong I am about the sight of blood. Pastor Nancy. Just, I'm just absolutely no good. Like alright take, take the little lamb. And just do like oh I'm passing out. There goes PT. Take him out. Out. He can't can't handle it. Literally, literally I'm, uh, yeah. He literally doesn't handle the sight of blood very well. Uh, kind of working on that, but you know. But anyway, the the thought here is that you, as a priest before the Lord, you are anointed and called to bring offerings and sacrifices before the throne of God. That's a real thing. Look what it says in First Peter. Chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and an holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Don't let that word peculiar, that doesn't mean you're strange. <laughs> that means that you're purchased and that you're special. Hallelujah. That's who we are, a chosen. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Hallelujah. That's us. Praise God. Understand this key number one as we're, as we're entering into this place of operating in our priestly ministry is understand that praise is a vocation. It's not an option for you. It's not just something that you can do. It's something that as a priest, it's part of your job. It's your job to bring praise before the Lord. Now, let me, let me, let me try to demystify this just a little bit. Uh, in a regular occupation, when you talk about vocation, you could think about a regular op- uh, occupation, especially one for which the person is particularly suited or qualified. Christ has made us qualified, and he said that he made us kings and priests before God. So we were qualified by the blood of the Lamb. And notice what it says, an inclination or aptness for certain kind of work. You are called to a certain kind of work. That's to go before the throne of God and offer spiritual sacrifices. Hallelujah. We're part of the priesthood. Hallelujah. Listen, and then the last definition here was a calling of an individual by God, especially for religious career. Well, friends, you all have a religious career. There is no opt-out here. We are all called to go before the presence of God and bring sacrifices of praise 
unto his name. So let's see what it says. Of course, I in Revelation, it talks about how God has formed us into a kingdom as a royal race of priests to God and the Father. To him be glory and honor forever. That's in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6 and that. I can move forward. It says in 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6, Come to him that to the living stone which men tried and threw away, but which is chosen and precious in the sight of God, speaking of Jesus, come and like living stones be yourself built into a spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God. I think I've made my point pretty well. Amen? So you are called and God expects you to show up. So part of your job description is that you don't just walk in to the presence of God in your own strength. You know the story of the little bell. You know, the guy would go in with the bell and if the bell stopped ringing, whoops, pull him out. He didn't make it. Of course, that veil has been torn. The blood has been shed. But you, as Christian, you still need to suit up with the garment of praise. <laughs> you still need to suit up with the ephod, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Part of you, part of you putting on your praise is that God is, God is putting a new song in your mouth. And it's so important. We're picking up where Pastor Brenda left off last week. It's so vital for you to operate in a spirit, in an attitude, and in an occupation, and in a habit of presenting thanksgiving to God, just praising Him, just singing songs unto God, making songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Some of the best times in my entire life are when I made up some simple little song, and with my, with my wife close by, we'd start giggling like little children. <laughs> And we start like, like, you know, sometimes you've got to praise your way through some bills. Sometimes you've got to praise your way through a physical condition. I said praise your way right through it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says here, what I really like is in Psalm 40, verse 1 through 3, I'll just find it in a little bit. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible, somebody say, pit, out of a miry clay, and He set my feet on a rock and has established my steps. He put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many shall see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. See, once we were pit people, we were down and out people, we were to be pitied, but now we are priestly people. We are raised up and brought in, called, anointed, and appointed to present to the world the high praises of God. Hallelujah. Now, I'm just going to tell you something. You can try to do life without a spirit of praise, without taking your priestly duty. But I'm going to tell you, that's the hard way to live. Because God very clearly states that He inhabits the praises of His people. We might get to that in a little bit. He, he settles into that. And I'm going to tell you something. Particularly, I find that 
It is particularly special. I find his presence particularly strong on me. Not because I'm a pastor. Not because I've been leading worship for years and years. But just because I, it just, I'm just faithful to do it. Like when I'm in the restroom cleaning up. When I'm shaving, just praising the Lord. When I go in the living room and everybody's asleep, but I'm not. And God's not. And he's meeting in that little room. And I get on my knees and I sing a little simple song. I just make something up before the Lord. Now I'm going to tell you something. I kind of like this. In, King, in the King James Version, Psalms 45 verse 1. And the Holy Spirit equips you, understand, to do this, to be a priest unto God. Psalms 45 1 says, My heart is bursting with a new song. Lyrics to my king just erupt like a spring for my king and, and to my king. My tongue is as the pen of a poet, ready and willing. King James Version, my tongue is as the pen of a ready writer. And I'm just going to tell you something. How many of you, this might date me a little better, uh, a little bit, but how many of you remember Blue Bonnet Margarine? There was a little, there was a little jingle about that and says, things taste better with Blue Bonnet on it. Remember that? Things take, taste better with blue bonnet on. I'm going to tell you something. Brother Tony uh, Cook ministered a masterful message showing how we live in a fallen world and talking about pain, that you need to turn that around and turn it into ministry, how God wants to use what, is, what you've gone through. But, but here's a thought. Life is tough sometimes, but life tastes better with a praise sonnet on it. <laughs> Life tastes better. You know what a sonnet is, don't you? It's a little poem, right? It tastes better. Life is better. It'll be better for you, saint. If you quit complaining, quit moaning, quit crying, quit... And start making your little sonnet to the Lord. Instead of saying, I don't know what to do, you could just make up your own little song. And like Pastor Mark says, we're not all called to be recording artists, but we are called to bring a new song unto the Lord. So you could be something as simple as, as I know I'm going to make it. I know I'm going to make it. I know we're going to make it. I know we're going to make it. Can you feel something on that? That's a whole lot better. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know. Listen, never dwell on what you don't know. Never dwell on what you don't have. Never dwell on what you don't know. Just put your praise on, put that ephod on, and praise for what you do know, for what you do have. I like what the minister said. He said, praise and thanksgiving is the door for more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So things do taste better. Life tastes better with a praise sonnet on it. So it's time to put a, <laughs> it's time to put a praise on it. How I many you know that little song, put a praise on it? You know, we're, we're going to look at a couple of examples like Paul and Silas. You know, they prayed and sang praises unto God and it was the midnight hour. But I, I want to expound on that just a little bit. Not only did they pray, but it says, and they put a praise on it. <laughs> 
See, it's time for us to find our ephod. Find me. Where, where did I, what did I do with my ephod? I have to, you have to find that thing. You know, next Sunday is Jersey Sunday. Yeah. I don't have a jersey to save my name. I tell you the truth about it. But I, pastor did say you can wear a tuxedo. He says, I don't care what you wear. I have a tuxedo. I have tails, you know, among, I have several tuxedos, a couple of them. <laughs> But here's the thing. When I looked at that tuxedo recently, there was a lot of dust on the shoulders. You know what happens when you have clothes in the, in the, in the closet and you haven't worn it for a long, long time? In fact, I don't even have it in my main closet. It's some other closet way down. I can't remember the last time that I, that I wore that tuxedo. Maybe it was the, a certain anniversary. That was how many years ago? Ten years ago? I haven't worn And I can still fit into it. Thank God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank God I can still fit into it. But you know what? I looked at it recently. Especially we're going to have that Jersey day. And pastor said I could wear a tuxedo. How many of you dare me to wear t- tuxedo tails? You dare me to wear those tuxedo tails on Sunday morning? I just might, pastor. I just might do it. But that that's not a good thing with all that dust settling on the shoulder. <laughs> you got to take the dust off of it. Is that what's going on with your ephod? I said, if that's what's going on with your ephod, that's it. That's it. I can't take this anymore. I'm going to have to move over to, I have to move over to King David. Hallelujah. Let's look at this in First Samuel, chapter thirty, verse one through four. And right now we're going to talk about. Friends, you have got to find you your ephod. I know that that's not good English, but I'm telling you, it'll work. You've got to find that ephod. You've got to put on that garment. You don't do it in your own strength. Notice it's an office. It's, a, it's, a, it's an anointing. It's a mantle that he puts on you to stand in that place. Hallelujah. Look what happened in 1 Samuel 30, verse 1 through 4. Start there in the King James Version. It said this, And it came to pass, when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag had and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Um, and had taken the women captive, and were therein they slew not any, uh, either great or small, but carried them away, and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. How many you know that was not a happy day? I'm sorry, I don't care how much you sing that song, that was not a happy day. You need some special equipment to deal with days like that. And it goes on to say, and uh, it's, it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, daughters were taken to captives. Okay, verse number what? Four. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. We're right back touching on a little bit of what Tony Cook was talking about. You know, some things in life, we're not robots, you know. We feel some things and it's not wrong. It's just don't settle there and stay there. Like one preacher said, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Keep going. <laughs> All right. And then in verse number seven, and David's uh, wives were taken and, and so forth. In verse number, look at verse number eight. And David was greatly distressed. When's the last time you were greatly distressed? I'm going to tell you something. I'm tired of this pandemic stuff. I have had it with all the lockdowns and all the we're gagging behind our masks. I've had it. I really have. And, and people being scared. And, and then if somebody went, uh, <coughs> then, then you have to quarantine for 10 days or something like, give me a break. I'm you tired of it. I'm tired of it. 
And evidently, there's a whole lot of people tired of it. A bunch of truckers, never mind, don't go there. But anyway, moving right along. And David was greatly distressed. And the people spake of stoning him. That was, I would have to say, that was an all-time low. How many of you agree with that? Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. And da- But watch this. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. I will do my best to encourage you. But nobody can encourage you like you can. You have a responsibility to encourage yourself in the Lord. David said, I will not appear before the Lord empty-handed. On one hand, you can say that that means I will not appear before the Lord, you know, like without some kind of a physical offering, like a, a burnt offering or gold or an offering or like that. But how about your praise when you walk into this house? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I will enter his gates. There's a protocol. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. How about you put on the ephod? How about you put it on with the rest of us? How about we all encourage each other to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness? Dear Lord, we have, it. We have plenty of reasons to be heavy. But I'm not trying to hear, be here to preach something heavy. I'm saying that he is your light and he's your salvation. So I want you to see what happened. David encouraged himself in the Lord. That's where we left off. Thanks you for reminding me. And then it says uh, that he incurs himself in the Lord. Hang on. And then uh, he said to Abiathar the priest, Abimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. Now I'm going to tell you something. What, 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 a, what a thing to say like he was operating as a king. And yes, you are a king. Under, God has made you a king. But he's also made you a priest. Are you listening to me now? You've got to know that you can't do something as a king when you've got to do it as a priest. They're not interchangeable. Are you listening to me? You've got to operate in the office of the priest when it's called for. Are you listening? And so he said, all right, I'm already King David. But obviously, obviously what I did as a king didn't work. So what I need to do is I got to put the ephod on. So he said, bring me the ephod. What is the ephod representative of? He's putting on that garment. Oh, Saint, learn the secret of putting on the garment of praise. Learn the secret of putting on that ephod. Yes, it was made of linen fine linen. There were different types. There were things that were embroidered and all that sort of thing. But I'm going to tell you something. You look mighty fine when you put on the garment of praise. Hallelujah. When you put that garment on, somebody will say, oh, Pastor Tom, that's just a put on. You better believe it. It is a put on. I am putting on that anointing. Listen to me at home. You have a choice to either sit and us in the house. We have the option to sit in our sorrow or to put on the garment. Amen, somebody. I want to read you something. And of course, David inquired of the Lord and he said, shall I pursue this troop and shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail you will recover all. Hallelujah. So then he could take the ephod out. Okay, we're going to war. We're going to take this down. He went out as a king then again. And he cleaned house. Somebody say amen. Let's look at Isaiah 61 verse 10. About this garment of praise. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. 
My soul shall rejoice or be joyful in my God. For he has, what has he done? Clothed me with garments of salvation. You better suit up. I said we'd better suit up. Garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. As the bridegroom decks himself with ornament. And as the bride adorneth herself with her jewels. I'm just going to go quickly. You don't have scriptures. I mean references for this. But I will tell you from Isaiah 61.10. God has arrayed us with in the King James ESV and NLT. The Berean Bible study and others. It says he's, he's clothed us with a robe of righteousness. In NIV the robe of his Righteousness. I like that because in Isaiah 50, what, 54, 17, he says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, right? And every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn and show to be the wrong because their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I feel such a sense of confidence in that. Oh, friends, let's get bold. Let's be bold about when we face the world out there and face our problems. Hallelujah. We could put on that garment, praise God, that garment of, of righteousness. But look what, look what N, N, uh, New King James Version and NASB says, garments of salvation. Amplified Classic, clothed me. He clothed me with garments of salvation and wrapped me in the robe of righteousness. I like that. Now, there's an interesting one. JPS Tanakh 1917. I have no idea what that is. I just read, okay? And it says, Clothe me with garments of salvation and covered me with the robe of victory. I like that. He's wrapped me and clothed me with a robe of victory. Hallelujah. Now, let's watch and see how this happened. Of course, David did it. Very, that was such, a, such an obvious example where he said, All right, this is way over my head. Everybody hates me. All the, all the stats are down. Uh, every, people want to stone me. And then he said, I'm going to go encourage myself in the Lord. And he says, I know what to do. Give me the ephod. Bring me the ephod. It's kind of like going into the phone booth. Hallelujah. It's kind of like going into the phone booth. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then you put on that, that garment and you go before the presence of God and you begin to offer thanksgiving and praise. Real quick, before I, before I get too far into this, I want to cover a couple Hebrew words for praise. Halal is the primary Hebrew word for praise. Our word hallelujah comes from this word. I know you've heard this before, but it doesn't hurt to review it, right, somebody? It says, it, it, it's the base word, and it means to, to be clear, to praise, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. All that is, is part of the word to pray. I mean, to, to halal or sing hallelujah to the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes I look really Really, I mean, really silly. Like today, I looked really silly going up and down the hallway of my house with my little, my little shofar, praising God. <laughs> Praise God, I thank you. <laughs> it looked really silly. I would not want to be caught walking up and down my hallway on camera and put up on YouTube. I'm just telling you right now. But I know God heard it, and I sure know the devil heard it. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. 
And so, so how far are you going to go with this, PT? Well, you just fill in the blanks. I mean, you do go to a pretty wild Pentecostal church. I mean, we do run. We do holler, hallelujah. We do, we do shout, praise God. And then, of course, there's yada, which basically means raise the extended hand. So we lift our hands and worship before the Lord in His name, amen. Then there's tauda, which means that you praise the Lord in advance before even the manifestation. In other words, in faith, just thanking God for it. Ooh, I felt something on that. Learn how to praise God in the middle of the storm. I will support any Christian that stands to minister to me in the middle of the storm. Declaring the end from the beginning and standing boldly and declaring defeat for the enemy and victory for the camp of the Lord. Hallelujah. So don't be shy in singing, in shouting, in dancing your praise before the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God. Tauda. And then here's Shabak, very close to Shanbak, which of course means shout. To shout, address in a loud tone. Hallelujah. Now, when listen, I just want to say something else. When we are corporately gathered, you don't want to scare people. <laughs> you follow the lead of how all we're, we're all flowing together. There's such a thing called as the corporate flow. Listen carefully now. When we're praying... When we're singing, it's not for one person to stick out and everybody to look. I wonder who's yelling over there. It's not yelling. It's everybody raising our voices together. Sorry about the spray. Hallelujah. But they're far enough away. Maybe I'll move this back a little bit. Zamar, and I like zamar, means to pluck the string. So some people don't like instruments in church. They get real nervous about drums, Denise. I don't know what the problem is. You know, so, but, but there's, there's things in the Bible about the, the bass drum and the, and the cymbals and all that we talked about there. There's barak, which means to bow before the Lord. And tehillah, which basically means to sing your halals to the Lord. All right, can we move forward now? Find your ephod. Hallelujah. And part of this is when you put that ephod on and you put that garment of praise on, there is, there is an unction that comes on you for that. Look what it says in Acts 16, 22 through 30. I'm not going to read it because of time, but you know the story of Paul and Silas. They put their praise on. Amen. There's a multitude that rose up together against them. They were beaten, thrown in jail. And at midnight, what happened? What, what happened? Paul and Silas prayed and what? And sang praises unto God. I wonder if God heard them. I wonder if God hears you. Somebody might say, I don't know if God cares. Well, you better know he cares. Hallelujah. He cares. And when you stand up like in the middle of the storm, even if you're by yourself in your car, in the shower, on your walk, Hallelujah. In your living room. He watches over his word. And he watches over those that rejoice in his name. I want to see. I want to share with you something about rejoice. And I'm going to preface it. By something that was ministered to us. Years and years ago. By uh, Chip Brem. He said many times. You know the hardest play. And he was a, an award winning football coach. For high school. And I think he went on to college. One of the most difficult things was when you're on the one yard line 
to make it past the one-yard line. It says, oh, it's easy to move the ball down the field. But somehow, I don't... It's just amazing just how hard it is when you're on the one-yard line. And many of you are on the one-yard line in some things. You're on the one-yard line for your physical breakthrough. One-yard line for your relational breakthrough. You're on the one-yard line for your career breakthrough. You're, and, and so is, friends, is there opposition? Of course there's opposition. But I really like what, what Chip Bram said. Your best play. I mean, they tried all kinds. There's a Hail Mary and the other one and the other. It says your best play at the one yard line is always joy. That is your best play at the one yard line. It will always get you, get the, move the ball forward into the end zone. Hallelujah. Joy, 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 joy. Joy is the real McCoy. Hallelujah. Look what it says in Psalm 118, verse 14 through 15 in the Holman translation. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. There are shouts of joy and victory in the tents of the righteous. The Lord, the Lord's right hand performs Valiantly. Now I know that when you hear testimonies of people that are walking with the Lord and there's big things that happen, I, I guarantee you there are shouts of praise that accompany fervent prayers. Like I just know that if that, that testimony that Mike and May gave some time ago, it was, it was a wonderful testimony. And I totally relate to it because there were things in our neighborhood that you know what? Week after week, day after day, we took authority over the devil. We bound the devil and said, no, you don't. No drugs in this neighborhood. No midnight rallies with all the motorcycles and all the drugs. We bind that in the name of Jesus. And we'd shout and we'd praise and we'd dance. Hallelujah. And you know what happened? Our neighborhood got cleaned up. We prayed for people's salvation, of course, too. Hallelujah. But you know, either they had to straighten up or they had to move out. But when we moved, when we moved into our neighborhood, it was a mess. Across the street from us, there was a place where not too, not too much, maybe a couple months after we moved into our home in about year 2000 or so, there was a SWAT team that showed up, a meth lab caught on fire back there. They raided the place like, what, what's, what's happening? Like, what, 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 I didn't even, what, what, all these SWAT cars and truck, you know, the van, the black van that shows up and all these guys in riot gear like, what, what kind of neighborhood have we moved into? Lord have mercy. Yeah, we pay for this. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then we were doing some business at the church and we're checking, you know, like offenders and what have you. And, and we felt like, what? There's like two or three living in the back of that property. Like, oh no, that can't be. We had, we, that, that neighborhood was really sorted. Hallelujah. But I want you to know we took authority and those things moved out. Hallelujah. I said they moved out. But you better know that joy was the play at the one-yard line. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look what it says in Psalms 35, verse 27 through 28. We're almost done here. Somebody said amen. Not because we're almost done, but because it's good tonight. (laughs) Psalm 35 says this, Let them shout for joy 
and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise. How long? All day long. Now, listen, just, just an understanding here. When David went to face Goliath, and I know you all, and you all there in, in you know, TV land or whatever, computer land, you're facing giants. But I want to make something clear. David never faced Goliath in his own strength. That's not how it went down. And even David was a quite, quite a good marksman, you know. I mean, he had, he had practiced, no doubt. It wasn't the first time that he picked up a sling, right? And there were actually a battalion of left-handed sling dudes that could throw the sling, it says, by a hair's breadth. I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. There's some real interesting things in the Bible, you know what I'm saying? But it had never before been seen that some teenage kid would come up to a mammoth guy like this with a stick, a couple of rocks, and a sleeve. Come on, give me a break. But he said this, You come at me with a sword and a spear, but I'm coming at you in the name of the living God, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now, when you put that, let me tell you something. He had a garment on. He had been in the presence of God when he was out there. He was Zamarin out there. You know, as he's watching the sheep. He's Zamarin. I don't know what he might have been doing out there. I can't sing a song he would have been doing, but he was just making up songs to the Lord. That sweet psalmist of Israel. Hallelujah. But it all came to bear. No pun intended. <laughs> when he hit the bear. <laughs> And it's no lie when he hit the lion. Hallelujah. He said he tore him with his bare hands. When he came to Goliath, Goliath had to go. And he went, not in his own strength, but he went, there was an anointing on him. And I want you to know something. In your midnight hour, there's an anointing. Go with it. Go with it. You know, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that's within you. So important. We go to a Holy Spirit-filled church. Do I have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No, you don't have to be. But it sure helps to, in this life, you know, when you're going to get up and try to face another day and all the things that are coming against you. Are you kidding me? It's really helpful to have the Holy Ghost in you. Hallelujah. To sing psalms. To sing hymns, to sing spiritual songs unto the Lord. You know, I, I, if I had time, I could go into some things. But Jack Hayford, I, I highly respect him. He's very, very studious. Of course, the, the head of the Foursquare um, denomination for, for, for years. And uh, he wrote a, a book over there. Uh, Worship His Majesty. Some wonderful things, but he acknowledged in a very scholarly way. Just how powerful you are when you raise a hallelujah to the Lord in the middle of the storm. He didn't use those words, but <laughs> because that song was written recently, but I got it, Brother Jack. I got it. You got us. Hallelujah. God bless you for your, for your ministry. So I'm almost done. I'm fixing to close, but I'm telling you right now, life tastes better with a praise sonnet on it. I'm telling you right now. 
Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, the amplified version. I'm winding this to a close. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, set to, watch this, wild, enthusiastic, and triumphal music. I'm just saying, all right? A prayer of Habakkuk, are you catching this? The prophet set to, everybody say wild. Wild. Enthusiastic. Enthusiastic. Say triumphal. Music. music. See, that just doesn't sound like a quiet praise to me, Pastor Nancy. I just, I just quite, I, I don't know what translation they read. I'm not sure that I could get something real quiet about that. <laughs> hallelujah. You just need to attend one of Pastor Brenda's messages and get that quiet right out of you. Hallelujah. She'll get you learning how to rejoice. Hallelujah. Cut you loose. Hallelujah. Get us running around here. This is an exciting church to go to, isn't it? (laughs) We have no confidence in the flesh, but we believe in worshiping God in the spirit. Well, I love to see him flow in this place. I love our pastors. I love my church. I've been going here for 40, how many, 42 years? I don't know how long. I lost track, but man, it just gets gooder and gooder. I know that's not good English. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. Oh, Lord. I have heard the report of you and was afraid, O Lord. Revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make yourself known. In wrath, earnestly remember love, pity, and mercy. And I love this, verse 17. Though the fig tree does not blossom, and though you know we're headed on this, and there is no fruit on the vines, Though the product of the olive fails and the yields and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there's no cattle in the stalls, yet everybody say yet yet. Okay, try that again. Everybody say yet. I will rejoice in the Lord. So I mean, it's not it's not written that in there that he did this, but I'm a guarantee you he put his little ephod thing on. Yet I will rejoice. I'm going to put my praise on and I'm going to put a praise on it if it's the last thing I do. Amen. Hallelujah. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress. How many believe in making progress? Upon my high places, watch this, of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. Hallelujah. God is there. No matter how dark it feels, God is present. You put that, e- you get you that ephod on and use it. You stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. You begin to praise Him. You begin to offer up the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to His name. You declare that, yes, Lord, you are my righteousness. Yes, Lord, Jehovah Sidkenu. Yes, sir, you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, my healer. Yes, sir, you're Jehovah Shalom. You're the God, my peace. I refuse. I refuse to let anything be missing. I refuse to let this broken part be in my body. 
You are the God of my salvation. I refuse to go down financially, for you are my provider. You are my source of everlasting supply. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I am not alone. Jehovah Shammah is with me. Hallelujah. You're my good shepherd. I don't. Other people may not know what to do, but the Lord is my shepherd, and He guides me and leads me beside still waters. I will be anointed with fresh oil. I don't know what other people are doing, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow the good shepherd. The voice of another, I will not follow. I'm not going to follow CNN's voice. I'm not going to follow the governor's voice. I'm not going to follow a person's voice. I'm not going to do what grandma said. I'm going to follow the voice of my good shepherd. Hallelujah. He is the good shepherd. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to let the word of Christ dwell in me richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, teaching and admonishing yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And then my last scripture today, you could stand up and we'll shout in a little bit. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says this in the New King James. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. Thank God for a Holy Ghost church and a Word church. It's not one or the other, it's and. Everybody shout hallelujah.